I even think that if you overcook your steak, if you, you know, you wanted it rare, yeah. it got past medium, yeah. you're pissed about that, put it in the fridge the next day, it's fine. It's broken down a little. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 have, I do have very high standards when it comes to, this may be the drop. I'm, I, I, I have very high standards when it comes to the coldness of my beer. Uh-huh. But the warmth of my food, I just don't care about. <laughs> I, I sort of like cold food better. Like pizza the next day congealed so much better. I'll bring it back. Oh, you're recording? Yeah, I'm recording. Oh, good. Yeah, what do you think I'm a? I'm a novice? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a podcaster. He eats it past the rest. <laughs> All right. Let's do, we'll do the podcast. One magical hour. A Matthew and Schaefer. Podcast Spectacular. Shafy, Shafy, Happy New Year! I love a tender, like slices of cold steak. A very special night has fallen over Austin, Texas, and its environs. Tonight is New Year's Eve, and we're in a special place. We're on Manisha's front porch on the east side of Austin, Texas, and folks, we are in the thick of it. You might hear some sounds tonight. The sounds you might hear are explosions. Those would be fireworks. You might hear some sirens from various uh, response teams going to check on various events. Hopefully everybody stays safe out there. And you might hear the voice of our live audience. That would be Anish and maybe uh, Adam a little bit later. Very exciting evening. Happy New Year. We're so happy. We got some, uh, got some, got some stuff for you. Got some, uh, got some Matthew. Have you ever wondered? Got some uh, uh, Y-O-W-S. Uh, what's Y-O-W-S again? Yield Workshop. Yield Workshop. Oh, it's been, it's been so long. We got to We got to we got a chopper, baby. Whose chopper is that, Shavy? Uh, don't, don't answer. Don't answer. <laughs> Keep going. It's probably Amanda. We actually probably know the owner of that chopper. Uh, it's probably Amanda. But uh, uh, so well, we got all that stuff. But first, uh, you know, we gotta we gotta welcome him. He is uh, he is a mistaker in Montserrat and a mystiker in Martinique. He's a friend of the shoeless piper. His philosophy is Sanu Pizza Tizza. He is a Rampy, not a Roy. He's Matthew. Hello, Matthew. When the lights go down on the podcast, 
And the sun shines on the shade. Oh, I want to be there on your podcast. Oh, I'll spare you the rest. <laughs> I could have listened to that all night. I love that song. I, I think I, I started too low. Like, I could have done that higher. But um, I definitely Hey, Shafee. Hey. Happy New Year. Happy New Year it's to a, you. It's a Martinique Mystiqueer and a Montserrat Magnifiqueer. A Montserrat Mystique. I want to make that Montserrat mistake. It's okay. a Montserrat mistaker. It's a Montserrat mistaker and a Martinique Magnifiqueer. Mistaker. Magnifiqueer. <laughs> I think that's what you have turned, to. I think that's what you had turned it into. I'd have to go back. And, I, I think that there's a number of versions of it. So I don't. I don't it's not. It's it's fluid. It's not static. It's non-binary. Like, he never says. He never says. I want to make that Montserrat mistake. That's the mishearing. That I had. <laughs> oh, yeah. So the, the actual line goes Martinique, that Montserrat mystique. Ah, so, okay. A Martinique mystique, a Montserrat mistaker. Uh, Matthew is a magnifique. Okay, I'm glad we got that sorted out. <laughs> Here we are uh, for the first time recording. From Manisha's porch, it's so the famed, to be here. the famed Manisha's porch. You got your uh, in front of all y'all. You got your, uh, you know, you got a lot of famous places in the world that you go to, a lot of famous establishments. Uh, help, help me out here, Shafi. You got your uh, Trader Vicks. You got your Trader. No, that's a that's a poor example. The Sunset. I was going to say like something like the Bellagio. Yeah. Uh, we're Madison somewhere, Square we're Garden. somewhere in New York. You got your Madison Square Garden. There are places, there are, this isn't exactly an establishment because it's a private club, you know, it's a, it, it's like a, a studio 54. We call it, we call it, street. we actually, we call this place the Bandari home, the Manish Bandari home for wayward bachelors. Yeah. Because we often find ourselves living here in between homes. Listen, if anything goes wrong in my house, where do you think I'm going to be? <laughs> I know. I know exactly where you'll be. <laughs> Listen, nothing's going to go wrong. No. Well, Happy New Year. Here's the part of the show. Uh, first thing, I'd like to apologize for lack of robot. Sorry about that. The robot's replaced by the loud crashing explosions. In, instead, in the there's, instead, there's explosions <laughs> in the sky and not the band that we can't manage. And the band was difficult to manage as well, I understand. But um, now I'm stoked to be on the Bandari porch um, with the really with the New Year's Eve celebration sort of spreading out before us. It's we're, we're again gripped by the COVID. Yeah, we were it, once it, again. It, it started the podcast originally and. Or it, it it brought about a milieu in which the podcast was spawned from, and then it it keeps being a topic. <laughs> and again, does. here we are. Um, Tonight my... was supposed to be a big party at the front page. We were really excited about it. Yeah. All our regulars were excited about it. Had to cancel it. Yeah, and so now everybody's just bummed, right? Oh, that was a beautiful. That was one of those fountain ones <laughs> that kind of looks like a fire, really like pretty, or like a like a flower. Out, pretty outstanding for the. For the listener, somebody's setting off fireworks kind of on the hill just beyond our, our gaze, but we're seeing it as they come up over the houses. And then also there's some crew just on the hill up above us. The, the, the Bandari home is at the bottom of a hill of filth, similar to <laughs> Schaefer's home. And 
that the street up above us, uh, Gonzalez. Uh, you got me. Um, I'll look it up. I can think. I can think of it eventually, but uh, uh, they've got those guys are cranking some big mortars up there. Yeah, they got some big boys. There's some. There's some really like some incoming uh, ordnance. Uh, it's Perez. There it is. <laughs> Sorry, brah. And then Baloney is the cross street. Yeah. So, um, it goes through all the way. Anyway. Yeah. It's, it, it's an exciting night here on the east side. Can I, can I bring it down? You gotta be careful. We don't, to... our, we don't want our rabid fans to know where Manish lives. So come bother. Oh, me. that's right. Can I bring it down just a notch? Okay. I know we started out on an exciting note, but I just want to like, go on a rampy's rant over here that was my by the way that was my original vlog i was blogging with this group of people in san francisco you Uh know and and i started recording these like two minute vlogs a video wait is that right a a voice log um and they were called rampy's rants there were probably only a handful of them Ranties? Rampies rants. Do they do they still exist on the internet? Uh, I I think they exist on like a CD somewhere. Um, and that's led to this moment. But I but I wanted to really just rant about something. It's New Year's Eve. The the whole the whole concept. Oh, okay. Of sure. of the American style New Year's celebration. It's a lot of pressure. Some people find it that way. I, f- I have always found it. Here's the thing. I-, I ebb and flow, you know, and it's hard to put a date on the calendar and say, this is the date to celebrate. And moreover, it's it's this idea that like it's the end of the year. It, you know, it makes more sense to do it on the solstice first thing. And I'm sure it got shifted because of either the calendar or the consumer calendar in America, you know? Yeah. And, um, well, we're on a lunar calendar, right? I don't know well, how. The, I think the Gregorian calendar is not a lunar calendar, right? Oh, okay. Um, it's a, it's a solar calendar because oh, it, it really okay. does. It goes from here, 365 days around the sun. And then it gets out of sync, and we put that extra day in, you know. Yeah. Um, the the and, and I mean the, the solstice is that too. It's like the furthest point. Anyway, it just seems all a little. There's too much artifice of like, this is the time when you should take stock of your life over the past year, and and you should make resolutions to make it better. That's a lot of pressure, and then just the pressure to go out and have fun oh, and honestly, stay up till even, midnight. I didn't even think about the resolution thing. I mean, like this <laughs> resolution is such a foreign concept to me, <laughs> right? Yeah, I knew you weren't bothered by that aspect of it. Uh, also, the, like, I think some people feel like there's pressure to find somebody to kiss. Yeah, that's not a oh, big when deal you're for young. Me when you're a young person and their companions, you know, I am a very romantic person. I. When I do fall in love, I fall head over heels. It's messy for everybody. Sorry to anybody out there who's experienced it. Um, but I don't feel like I have to be, you know, in, like, like in a relationship. Like, when I do, it's great. Um, but I don't 
Well, you're getting off topic. New Year's sucks. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's great. It's just okay. Year's, okay. Like, Point counterpoint. Go. You know, Chris. Uh, Make me love New Year's and, again. and Christmas and even Thanksgiving. Like those are those are things where you have you know you have to do certain things. You have to you know put together a big spread for your family. You had a you got to buy Christmas presents, all that stuff. New Year's is one for the rest of us. That's you know it's just a party. Get your friends together. Get your family together that you like. You know, uh, everybody kisses uh, and everybody drinks. You know, to me, I think that that's an awesome, that's an awesome party. And everybody takes the next day off. Right. Those things are all important. Okay. Uh, well, once again, you've made me see it in a different light. And I, I really big. I love. Somebody told me once that there's an old kind of superstition that the way you spend your New Year's Day is the way you spend the rest of the year. Oh. So I always try to do something like. Like have a Brendan Fraser movie film festival on the oh, first of the year, or right. the in New York, uh, the uh, poet. Uh, there was a the poets all got together for a poetry marathon at St. Mark's Church. That was really awesome. Uh, actually, that's like a, that's a famous thing that the the New York poets like Frank O'Hara and them I think started it back in the day. Uh, actually, I'm not sure, but I think I think it started with them. You know. It's been going on for decades and decades, and I had never participated. And the very last, when I was just moving out of New York, uh, uh, I had never done it, and we were we were pulling out on New Year's Day, and uh, we also got airplanes going over, the folks flying into a uh, flying into wind chimes and airplanes, Austin Bergstrom, but uh. I asked my friend Brendan Lorber, who's associated with, with that poetry group, I said, I would really like to do that. Can you ask, you know, I think Stacy was running it at the time. And they got me in. Not only that, like, they got me in. I, I, I read first. So I kicked the whole thing off. I think they're, you know, part of it was like, oh, Schaefer should have been here before. You know, he's uh, kind of part of the gang. But uh, also, you know, they knew I was pulling out of town. So I was the very first reader. It was so awesome. Ah. And uh, yeah, I got to, you know, stand in St. Mark's Church, famous, you know, church that's very uh, liberal and very supportive of the arts. And I, I read for all of the, you know, basically any any famous poet who is alive and in the area is, you know, probably going to be there. Certainly if they're associated with the New York School. Uh, really exciting. That was an awesome. And then, uh, and then I went back to Brooklyn my brother and I got in the U-Haul and I pulled out of New York. It was pretty good, like, wow. like farewell to New York. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's epic. So, yeah, I love New Year's. Okay, well, once again, we have sort of two different points of view here. Somebody who loves New Year's, somebody who's pretty cranky about New Year's. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's go back to the show sheet. Hey, so... I did want to ask you about one bit of podcast business. I've noticed that the last three podcasts have contained the word podcast. Are you doing like a Jack Sparrow thing? Oh. <laughs> Where if you call it a podcast in the title, you think you might get more hits? It started with changing the James Bond titles to pod, to include podcast. Which I loved. And uh, I don't dislike any of the titles. I, I might just come noticed, back to it. I just noticed that the last three had the word podcast in it, but then, I mean, that's what the whole parody is predicated upon. Yeah. If I may be per, right. per, pernicious. So it kind of goes, goes hand in hand with that. And, uh, 
perspicacious. And you know, like it's it's really funny. You know, like when I come up with titles, like I want them to have something to do with the podcast. But you know, I also you know I want them to be funny and. Uh, you know, it's a lot of pressure. And so if you put the word podcast in there, then immediately it has something to do with the podcast. The podcast <laughs> is a podcast. So uh, it's uh, it kind of works out like that. So for we'll a, see. For a second, man, I had one of those moments where I could sort of see us from a different perspective, like uh-huh. maybe from the future, yeah. where people are looking at this like it's art. Yeah. And <laughs> and they and it I maybe it'll come across in the like Dadaist way that we're trying to do it of like, well, how do you do a podcast? Well, call your buddy <laughs> and see if he'll do a podcast and start recording. And then, and don't, don't do any stuff behind the scenes. Just figure it all out <laughs> on the show. On the show. And then the podcast is about the podcast. Podcast about Alex battles. Podcast is about my niche. We, Podcast about Ellen Ferguson. Speaking of, we used to have guests on this podcast. We need to have guests. We need that should be a that should be our little New Year's resolution. There's a growing list of people who've agreed to. <laughs> there are people who have said, "I'll do the podcast." Yeah. Famous people. Yeah. And what are we doing? We're uh, screwing up. Okay. Well, help me with that. My in friend the new year. John Cotter, who just. My friend John Cotter went mysteriously deaf. Uh, and you mean silent? Oh. No, no deaf. deaf. Oh, okay. And uh, he's after years and years and a bunch of operations, he's finally got to the point where he can hear normally. Um, but they never figured out why. And so it was just you know, something like for the last like 15 years he's been dealing with this. Um, and he wrote a memoir about it. It's about to be published by one of the big, like, not for Penguin, one of the big ones. But I just, he just today started his uh, residency in the James Merrill Writer's House, which uh, is a huge deal, really cool thing. And he's definitely, he's agreed to be on the podcast. And, okay. Now, uh, John so, Cotter, he's your poetry partner, Poetry right? collaborator, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll read you one of, one of me and John's poems later for Poetry Corner. Today. Who else were we talking about being on the podcast? Kevin Alejandro, right. actor, yeah. famous actor, uh, Kevin Alejandro. And then somebody else, too. Jameson was telling us that we should... Executive producer, am I right, as Jameson Driscoll was telling us. Who, by the way, have you seen his new um, profile pics on either LinkedIn or his IMDb? No. Oh, you gotta check him out. He's looking <laughs> really good. It's a return to form for the good. franchise. <laughs> Um, there was somebody else. And then, of course, there's a bunch of poets. I'd like to get Brendan Lorber on, who I referenced earlier. Oh, God. God, I love Brendan Lorber. My second favorite poet who's not here. (laughs) First first overall, but (laughs) of poets present, second. (laughs) Awesome, dude. (laughs) Matthew, I was wondering... Wait, are you trying to psych us out? No, I was trying to think of how I have something that I wanted to be a Matthew. Have you ever wondered? But it's is that what's on the show sheet here? It's not. It just says Matthew. Have you wondered? Brown. Yes, baby. If you ever wonder, 
I've been listening to that song. Wondering <laughs> what ever became of Oh, me. so there is a Matthew Edgar. Living on the air in Cincinnati. Cincinnati W. Got tired of all this packing and unpacking. Round and round, up and down the dial. I, I enjoyed our conversation about that on the I think Manish was saying that. think of me once in a while. I'm at WKRP and One Magical Hour. You see that? It's a parody. Made it my own. I love it. Yes, there is something on the show sheet. Do you want to talk about that next? Do you have any idea what that is? Let's do it, Matthew. Have you? I, I totally remember another good, another good uh, resolution, a podcast resolution, and then would be for put, you, Matthew. I was to, to write on this show sheet again because you yeah. you've abdicated the show sheet. Yeah, and I think that's a mistake. I think just every once in a while during the week, you got to just pull it up. You're absolutely right, and put something down, please. Absolutely. You're on the show. Matthew, I was wondering. That's answering Matthew, I was wondering. Okay, good. Yes. Uh huh. (laughs) But first, Matthew, have you ever wondered? Okay. Matthew, have you ever wondered? Wondered whatever became of me? I'm living on imaginary radio. I'm living on that WOMH. Apples. Apples. <laughs> love that, love that, uh, love that theme song. Yes, me too. Let me <laughs> let me know the, the time. time. It's almost know. exactly the same. Really? Bro, it's so yes. close. <laughs> it's so close. We're like within a minute. It's been yeah. at nineteen. We're at the twentieth. God. <laughs> uh, Christmas carols. Apples. Matthew, who on earth is Parson Brown? Okay. Finally. Not finally. There's been already been ones. But but again, something I, I have wondered about a lot. Is, is it yeah, so that's um Frosty the Snowman? Yeah. Uh no. Walking in a winter wonderland, I think. Oh. Winter Wonderland? Okay. What what's that actually yeah. called? I think that's one of those that's kind of generic. It's called like the Christmas song or uh I actually, of all of the Christmas crap songs, I do I enjoy that one. Uh, me too. But I have wondered. Who oh, it Parson, is called Winter Wonderland. Winter Wonderland. I, wonder, I have wondered who Parson Brown is. Is that? Do the, you know? Is that the one that is actually written by like two Jewish guys in LA in July? No, that's the one. That's chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Uh, I that's just a, figured they all were. That's another one. They just tried. They were they were hot. They were in their office and they were hot. And they were like, man, don't you wish it was it was cool. It was just cold outside and crisp and wonderful. And they, so they, just like tonight. They wrote that song to make them make them kind of feel that way. Feel like they were back in New York in December because they were they were sweating bullets in L.A. in August. Uh, anyway, Parson Brown. You know, I thought for sure that there would be a good answer for this. Uh-huh. But there's really not. And a bunch of, like, classic radio stations, radio stations that obviously play uh, Christmas songs during Christmas time, they've all, like, picked up the same article and syndicated it. Uh, and there's that article goes and just explains what the word parson means. Do you know what a parson is? Um, okay. It's like a priest. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's an English 
clergyman. Right. You know, which I already knew that. Uh-huh. You know, and pretend that's like what he's they were part of that. They're like, that explains it. <laughs> and then I was like, no. Oh. So, but I think, yeah, the point is that they get into like the generalities of the job, but they don't. They if, if, apparently, if Parson Brown is, is a real person that the songwriters were thinking about, no one knows it. It, is it possible it's just because it rhymes? Is that Yeah, I think rhyme? maybe there's some, some yeah. rhyme going on in there. Maybe Brown was just kind of a normal last name. Right. And then I, I was... Oh, well, another disappointing Matthew, have you ever wondered? I know. <laughs> An open-ended one. But, Matthew, have you ever wondered why the Cleveland Browns are called the Cleveland Browns? Um, yes. They're named after Parson Brown. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 man, you were going to tie that up for me. I thought it was just because their dog was brown. No, no. The uh, the first owner of the Cleveland Browns, the guy who started the team, uh, who was an owner player, oh. his last name was Brown. I see. So I thought it was because their mascot was kind of a dog and it was brown. No, it was, brown it was Brown's brown. team. <laughs> so, how cool is that? Player owner. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty common back then. But, uh, yeah, those guys how much fun it would be to have, like, a soccer team called the, those, the Rampies? Those guys must have been well-heeled. Rampy FC, you mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someday we hope to be Rampy United if the, if the crosstown Rampy Albion would just join us. <laughs> <laughs> my, 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 uh, my premiership team is Schaefer Palace. <laughs> Schaefer Palace, yeah. <laughs> Schaefer, do you know what Albion means? I do not know. It's just like jolly old England. Oh, really? Old Albion. I believe so. This, this was, uh, we're going into a yield workshops here that, um, that I'm, I had just came to me. It's a, a, when you look it up online, um, it's, it's an alternative name for Great Britain. Yeah. Like Edo for, to- for, uh, Edo for Tokyo or just like just like uh, what's one for the states? Uh, you know the states. How about that? Yeah, Al, Al Albion. There's a or beer. Hibernia. There, there's, some some there's people call beer, Ireland Hibernia. You know, there's a beer, Saint Albion. Yeah. Are you familiar with this beer? No. It. Uh, Saint Albion beer, right? Is that right? Albion Malleable. New Albion Brewing Company is what I was thinking of. This is the first American craft brewery. Oh, wow. <laughs> Founded in 1976. It was a very good year <laughs> by Jack McAuliffe. And then, and then I believe he influenced Sam Adams. Like, I believe that Sam Adams guys were like studied under him. How interesting. That's a good trivia, trivia question. Yeah. But that's just part. Of this yield workshop, this is good. This is a mashup of yield workshop and Rampy's Rants. How exciting! Of you're, this is the first you're hearing of this Rampy's Rants segment. And now it's twice in one episode. I'm, I'm sure I'm that you're put off. Um, how does how does Rampy's Rants differ from Matthew's minutia? Well, Matthew's minutia is literally just some recounting of some uh, right. Your little life. BS yeah. that goes on in my life. Yeah. Rampy's Rants is me. Stating an opinion, okay. which is not really my bailiwick. I, I don't 
I feel like this. We're, we're generally loath to take a stand around here. In I, general, I, I feel well. I feel like American society is trapped in this place of everyone must have an opinion about everything. Yeah, you know. And so, if I have an opinion about something, I might mention it in a rant. But then there are like so many things that I see both sides of the issue. Yeah. And then there's all this gray area. You know, people like want some easy answer from a stupid question. Sure. You know, but on this particular subject, I have an opinion. Okay. So Are you ready? So yield workshop, yield workshop is not only about learning about the definition of words. It's about usage of words. Right. Am I right? Yeah. Like we're fascinated by how words sure. uh, fall in and out of favor. And, and yeah. Um, around town, the marketing teams, in and around the environs of Austin, Texas, they are misusing a term out the wazoo. And I'm pretty sure I used wazoo correctly there. They're putting on marketing uh, collateral, specifically billboards in this case. Um, so the, I've already so many plaudits for the marketing team behind Austin FC, right? Yeah. They, they ginned up a fan base. From, I, I don't know, the, the flatsam and jetsam of old fan bases. And like, I mean, Austin was already kind of fertile ground, but like they yeah. came in to the town. They created this um, La Merga, which is the band, you know, the going band from Raiderland type thing. And then uh -huh. they got, and then they just, they did this amazing thing. But something that happened last summer, and I'm sure I mentioned this on the podcast, is that there was a billboard that said, the stadium wasn't ready and they had to play like eight road games to start. Yeah. And there was a billboard that said the legend comes home June 19th. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure they're misusing the word legend there. <laughs> right. I, I, Boy, because I, the team is not yet legendary. Yeah, because they'd done nothing. Yeah, they hadn't even <laughs> they hadn't even kicked a ball in town yet. Yeah, that's and weird. they're legendary. I saw it again on a billboard just today. Topo Chico, a brand that I do dearly love, and that was bought by Coca Cola, which is unfortunate. Been to Monterrey, Mexico. Love the region. Love Topo Chico. Dr I'm drinking it right now. With some tequila, which is a, a ranch water. Which is appropriate. Topo Chico is doing their own ranch water. They were already doing some hard seltzers. They got mm -hmm. a slim can. And it said right up on the billboard, a, <laughs> the legend is back in town or something. <laughs> or introducing a legend. Or a legend. Like, again, they've, they're using this word for a, like a new product. Yeah, you can't call something legendary that you just fucking. Topo Chico is legendary. The mineral water, I think. You know, it's been around a long time. And I'm not getting the billboard verbatim, and so <laughs> let me. Let, I, I made myself. Anyway, I think that's ridiculous. Also, I don't like the name Ranch Water. Ranch Water makes me think of like cattle tanks. It's like, they, they, the billboard said. There's a new legend in town. Oh. Who are they knocking off? Austin FC. <laughs> And yeah, can can you have a new legend? Like the suppose, new legend. I don't suppose if a legend from somewhere else comes to your town, then they're a new legend. But... This this makes me sad because I I see how the language is just eroding. Legends have to people be old, don't know how to use 
words together anymore. I the think new legend in town. Yeah, well, especially marketing departments. You know, they have a whole list of things that they want, different ideas that they want to get into just a couple of words. So you're like, I want this to have gravitas and excitement and, you know, whatever. So and then they're all like, all right, well, then legend is the closest thing you get to that with just one word. So with marketing, you're doing a little different thing. You're not necessarily looking for the the most correct thing. You're, you're trying to evoke some feelings and some ideas. So I would put it differently. Um, they're merchants of lies. Yeah, that's <laughs> another way you could say it. Yeah. Um, they are trying to artificially create feelings in you. So Yeah, yeah. It, and it does. It, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. But when it works, it's pretty cool, I think. I guess I, guess I should, like, try to view it from the perspective of, like, I'm a consumer of a thing. Actually, I might be right in their target market because I drink Topo Chico and yeah. I pour myself the cocktail ranch water, <laughs> which is they that key, the guy from Ranch 616 started calling He's the one it that. Who came up with it yeah he passed away recently hmm. um he had cancer and i read the whole biography on him and, and he he's the guy who was taking topo chico and tequila calling it ranch water and now it's funny because to me it sort of skipped I, I i don't think anybody i was ordering tequila sodas around town yeah and then i started kind of hearing that but then all of a sudden there was this boom of this product a ranch water in a can and there's like th- there's ranch water a, a brand that's selling it dos Equis has their version um topo chico there are many carbock has one i tell you i can pinpoint it in the time that i worked at waller creek pub which was say early 2015 Oh, actually, I'll tell you exactly. It was summer of 2015 because I opened for their grand opening to uh, summer of 2018. Um, in that time is when Ranch Water caught on okay. and was started being used, and specifically in Austin. People would come and ask for that. Yeah. Okay. So it was sometime in those three years that it became commonly known okay. as something to call tequila and soda. Well, like everything, I'm behind the curve. But... Uh, it's, it, I think it's, I don't, and it makes more sense now if the, if your bar is already called ranch to call it ranch water. Yeah. But to me, like, it makes me think of like a slimy cattle tank. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, it's not attractive. The water that I've seen on uh, Texas ranches is not always the most, uh, it's very rarely clear and <laughs> right. tasty looking. Right. Sometimes it is, but very rarely. Right. Well, so, but yeah, uh, and none feels, of it's legendary. It feels, legendary it feels so good to let you and the listeners know about these things. <laughs> there, I, there is a fine line between Rampy's Rants and Matthew's Minutia because it is just these dumb things I think about already dumb things, which is like marketing a cocktail in a can or marketing of a football team, you know. I think talking about things we're thinking about is the most important meat of the show. <laughs> so. uh, right. Well, uh, I, I do enjoy it when something strikes me and I even, I even put a note in my 
in my notes on my phone about it. You know, I, I wrote down there's a new legend it's, in town right away. It's kind of funny the way we've we found like ways to categorize various things we're thinking about and then like branded them. <laughs> so like I'm often thinking about words and what they mean. Yeah. And uh, I'm often thinking about nostalgia. Even though you didn't know the acronym for the old word show. <laughs> yeah. Like, <what> <laughs> I'm quite sure you're the first one to put it on the show sheet as Yow's. Matthew, I was wondering. Matthew, have you ever wondered, reminds me of the guy who played Chewbacca, right? Wasn't his name Mayhew? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Matthew, I was wondering. Shafee, have you ever wondered? In the 90s. Was there any point in the 90s, maybe for just a year or two, when you had no fear? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm racked with fear now. <laughs> Uh, in the in twenty twenty one, but there was a there was a brief period in the nineties when many of us had no fear. A lot of uh, trucks, light trucks, had no fear. Had no fear. Um, a lot of t shirts had no fear. Yeah. Well, if you had no fear, you might want to have it on your t shirt. <laughs> I was trying to remember what were some of the like catchphrases on those no fear t shirts. <sighs> Now, are you confusing this with Big Johnson? <laughs> well, I, what I what I realized last night when I was thinking about it, this is I was I was honestly lying in bed late last night thinking about No Fear and uh, and the, the T-shirt company and their various phrases, and then I realized uh, some of them I was confusing. There was a Nike ad campaign that had like phrases like. Like one, there was a Nike shirt in the '90s that said, "Like eat right, get plenty of sleep, drink lots of fluids, go like hell." Mm. Like they were doing yeah. things like that, and one one of them was like, "It's not the pace of life that bothers me; it's the, it's the sudden stop at the end." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that was so. And I think maybe Nike was doing this as a as a, to kind of coast off the big success of this No Fear company. Yeah, that, no was, fear was that was huge. Everywhere it was for a huge. While. It was huge. I'm pretty sure I had a t-shirt. I never it. had a no fear t-shirt. You I, should be proud of that. I, uh, my mom was like, "No, sir, you are. You got fear. <laughs> you remember that? You're Catholic. You got fear." <laughs> my mom tried to gently guide me in, like, away from things that were really stupid. I think. <laughs> Man, that's a good mom. <laughs> uh, I, I, you don't remember any of the? I'm gonna I'm gonna Google No Fear T-shirt and see what we find. I because I really can't remember. No fear. Whoa! What are you seeing? Until your mom call you by your full name. <laughs> This is a joke, No Fear t-shirt. It says, no fear until your mom call you by your full name. And then it says, one fear. <laughs> That's very funny. I guess, actually, the No Fear t-shirts did not have slogans on them at all. They just, ooh, Varnay. I had quite a, I had, I had a bunch of Varnay shirts. My favorite shirts were all Varnay. It was a French, uh, a French sunglass company. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that. The uh, and then I had a lot of rusty surfboarding t-shirts, um, and I had a lot of Yaga. 
Irie t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, so like uh, surf culture and Rastafarianism uh, in Lubbock. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it wasn't as big as it was in Houston where I came from. It's like, yeah. What, Varney? Or those two as well? Yeah, no, those two as well, were, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, in, so there actually was surf, surf culture in Houston. Right? Yeah, in right. Houston, everybody wore Warnay t-shirts, uh, Rusty t-shirts, TNC surf and skate t-shirts. Those had the funny little caricature, the little comic book characters, TNC surf and skate. Uh, that was awesome. We've got um, <laughs> one we, magical nation. We, we got a producer tonight. We got a producer. Yes, hypercolor. Oh, hypercolor is was <laughs> also a huge, huge thing. I had one hypercolor T-shirt. I had a hypercolor shirt. They they ceased to work after a few yeah. washes. That was the issue. That's definitely with true. That. I think we're playing um, we're playing nineties T-shirt roulette here. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Okay. Do we have it? <laughs> um, we're, we oh may- wow. Uh, just from this, is from a producer. Do we have a breaking news. Yeah, chemist. Just, just in uh, from a producer, producer on the on the spot on the fly. Producer Manish Bandari. Uh, he just passed me a note that Lisa Lisa Bruner's father worked on was a chemist who worked on the hypercolor project. <laughs> oh, is that right? It's <laughs> cool. Ben Bruner. Yeah, ha, that's awesome. Would, don't you? Wouldn't you be kind of pissed if your like hard work as a chemist went towards that kind of shenanigans? Uh, I don't know. I mean, We're probably, proud. You're probably just uh, happy to have the paycheck. Did he make some money off of that? Yeah. Okay. Huh. Yeah. Here's all of the TNC surf and skate. They had the three eyed alien. Oh yeah. They had the uh-huh. uh, gorilla. They had the cool surf dude. They had the three kind of tribal guys. Mm-hmm. I was I was way into that. Now, were you more surf or skate? Uh, more skate. I did a I did a fair amount of windsurfing. Oh, is that right? But uh, never much straight surfing, just because they're you know in Houston, it's not a hard it's hard to find really good waves. Um, and but then I did a ton of skateboarding, a lot of skateboarding. Okay, yeah. I was in nineteen eighty nine. That's probably the pinnacle i was a pretty pretty solid skater okay yeah i was never that cool i i saved up for i I, nobody bought me a skateboard i had had one from the the toy store you know yeah um but i you know i I had to save up to buy a board that you put together like you go to gadzooks yeah yeah choose the deck and the Color the grip tape and what, all that. What kind of deck did you have? I got a Joe Lopez. Nice. And uh, I went and I got my first board. And then I was like hanging out with the skater crew, Conrad, some of those lads. And they were just like, dude, you got to thrash that board. And like I had saved up to buy that board. <laughs> this is the least punk story you've ever heard. <laughs> I understand. Completely. I had saved up to buy that board. And they're like, nah, bro, you got to thrash that. And I was like, can I just cruise? And they're like, boo. And so that was pretty much all skating for me. Like I got, I got out of it because yeah, you're, yeah. I mean, that's, that is the, that is the natural consequence of actually skating. And I just, 
I was older at that point, you know, I was probably 11 or so by the time I really got a decent board and, and then I wasn't really into the pain of the scene. Yeah. <laughs> My first deck was a Gordon Smith, Bill Toko. It was awesome. The graphic on the bottom had a, had a, like a giant octopus, like destroying a city. Oh, and, uh, and it was one of the first concave boards. Oh, uh-huh. Um, so you get your, get a little grip and you, for your kick flips and stuff. It's right. Cool. They're all like that now. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, loved, loved, loved that deck. I had, I had a real complicated relationship with skateboarding because my parents were anti-skateboarding. Oh, yeah. Smart. They were like, no, you're going to, you know. I'm a fool letting my kids go to the skate park. No. I'm taking my kids to the no, skate park. No, they should have. They, no. They, what they did was create a lot of animosity oh. for me towards them. Oh. And, you know. I am trying to avoid that. And I didn't, you know. And eventually they finally gave in. This is after, like, honestly, three years. Sixth grade. In fourth or fifth grade, I wanted a skateboard. Sixth grade, I really wanted one. Like, to where I was, like, trying to get one on the black market. Like, oh, right. buy one for my friends, keep it over at the house. Never worked out. But, uh, and then they finally, so, yes, fourth grade, I remember uh, Xander Summers, had, he had a Nash red line that I thought was cool. Um, but I was still kind of, and I was still kind of doing BMX stuff back then. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, then finally, yeah, finally. Was there a skate park in Houston? There was not, no. Okay. But when, when we finally did it, we, we had a, there was a weird little neighborhood. Actually, it's where SpaceX is now in South Texas, south of Brownsville, where there's a little Polish neighborhood and my grandparents had a house there, a beach house there. And, uh, it's a really weird place. It's like, uh, 45 minutes South of Brownsville, you know, completely isolated. So there was one kid there, Paul, and he, when I would go down there and hang out, he was the only other kid. And so I'd hang out with him and he had created his own skate park in this old concrete slab. Wow. Uh, that where, you know, the, the actually there used to be a restaurant but it, it long dilapidated and he had like used the old wood to like create launch ramps and stuff and so when i was down there like really you know that was the only thing to do my mom you know kind of gave in and then she saw me like skating around on this thing like doing launch ramp you know and pulling it off you know like landing launch you know launching myself off of ramps and landing it she was like oh you know i'm starting to understand this you know and then after that for christmas that year i, I, oh, I got a skateboard I was so so excited picking up, yeah, that Bill Toko, slime ball wheels, independent trucks. Oh. It's exciting when you get the exact thing that you want for Christmas. Oh my God. Griffin got a BMX bike. He's pretty stoked. He's already like, he was already comfortable at the skate park. Yeah. He took that thing and he's already like going into the bowl. <laughs> nice. On the awesome. bike. It's crazy. I wish I had had skate parks when I was a kid. I know. I know. Just, man, my kids don't know how good they have it. <laughs> Growing up in Lubbock, there was, my parents didn't take me to like fun, cool places, you know? There, yeah. There, there, weren't, there weren't many. But our kids are never going to be able to go on an adventure like I did where you ride your bike. You half, mean in your mind? Halfway across Houston, Texas on a, on a bike to the mall or right, something. Right. That's true. You know? That's true. There was more freedom. So much more freedom. Well, I, we should probably get to the revelries. 
Yeah. What about a poem? Time to start reveling. What about a poem? Well, I wonder if I have a poem about fireworks. I could do. I could just do a quick uh, Katy Perry's firework <laughs> while you. Cause money's your firework. Come on, tell them what you're worth. Make them go ah 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 ah. We're gonna get asked to leave your neighborhood, aren't we? <laughs> As he shoots across the sky. Ah ah ah. You got that poem yet? Yeah. Thank goodness. I know some people in this neighborhood heard me sing Katy Perry and they were stoked. All right. Uh, I typed John Cotter firework into Google. And I, John Cotter and I do have a poem with fireworks in it. So this is called Regarding the Rest of Monty Renard. We buried Monty Renard aslant so that his non-corporeal part remains among us, walking around as metal bristles scour and dose the cobblestones before the light wrecks our fantasies with its antiseptic shine. Let's drive into the blue dark. Let's pop off fireworks wedged between cinder blocks. Monty won't always come around, but in whatever time he has left, beneath the street slight's perspicacity, joking around and dancing just the way he used to do, he'll show you the town. And it, as it could be forever, still forever be, air thick as a winter coat, pockets packed with black confetti. Take a little. Make it night when we need another hiding place or an eternal hotel. Past the vape shop, past the dress boutique and the mill, a mile past the French legation, the lake and the boats and the boathouse bedecked with tiny lights flashing on and off in their coded direction to wherever might be next. Did you know, did you hear me use the word perspicacious <laughs> earlier in the podcast? No, that's exciting. That's funny, man. That's a great poem. Very, uh, very Austin poem. Uh, well, 2021 wasn't perfect. No, but they can't all be. Things in fall, fact, things fall apart. They almost never are. <laughs> But hey, there's always next year, right? Yeah. The hope of the future. In 2022, I'm looking forward to it because I have friends like Matthew and friends like One Magical Nation. And friends like Manish, who lets us use his porch. And I would just, I think that even in 2022, that poor, the poor of the choices. The sweeter the wine. Separate, I leave this zone